Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident Podcast. This is Dr. Mark Farnham, the founder and director of Apologetics for the Church, a local church apologetics training ministry where in the course of one weekend, the average Christian can become confident and feel prepared to share and defend their faith. Well, last time we were talking about the consequences of suppression in the heart of the unbeliever. In the last episode, we talked about the fact that Romans 1 tells us that every believer knows God, but is suppressing the truth of God and unrighteousness. In this episode, we are talking about the second consequence of suppression, and that is irrationality. That is, a person who deceives himself will begin to think and act against reason. What's ironic is that many unbelievers accuse Christians of being irrational. But in fact, they are guilty of the very charge that they bring against Christianity. The way this works is when anyone denies that they know God or denies the truth of God, they will eventually become irrational. For example, philosophers who deny the existence of God will, in the same breath, speak of nature and the universe as infinite, powerful, creative, intentional, and benevolent. That is, characteristics are all true of God, and yet they deny the existence of God. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the well-known evolutionary astronomer, speaks of the universe choosing him to be a scientist. Now, the truth is the universe is an impersonal creation, and in an evolutionary worldview, it has to be impersonal. So how in the world can an impersonal thing, such as the universe, choose? Because that kind of action... Things like choosing, loving, saving, speaking, those are all actions of a personal being. But people who suppress the truth would rather attribute these properties to an impersonal universe. Likewise, Richard Dawkins, when pressed about the origins of the universe, is forced to admit that he simply doesn't know where the first elements that began the universe came from. He's entertained the possibility that perhaps aliens have seeded the universe with the chemical building blocks that begin the Big Bang. You might think that's outrageous, but he's not the only scientist to say things like that. Albert Leninger was a famous biochemist at Johns Hopkins University whose seminal work, Principles of Biochemistry, has been a standard textbook in universities for decades. A couple years ago when I was speaking at a conference, a man came up to me afterward, introduced himself as a scientist, and he said, I want to show you what my college textbook says. And he pulled out Leninger's book. He says at the very end of the book, when Leninger is discussing the origin of life on Earth, he makes this stunning admission, and he showed me the page, and this is what Leninger said. Quote, there is yet no satisfactory model or theory for the origin of the genetic code. Indeed, Francis Crick and Orgel have pointed out that it is not beyond reasonable possibility that genes and the genetic code may have been brought to Earth by spaceship from some other body in the universe where intelligent life had already evolved. 
Of course, he says, this idea is no answer to the problem, since one must then explain how life arose elsewhere, unquote. So you can see when a person suppresses the truth of God, they turn to irrational explanations for what the Bible clearly talks about in rational terms. That answer from Leninger, however, simply pushes the question back to the next level. From where did the aliens come? If you've ever seen the movie Prometheus, it's about scientists on Earth who discover the planet from which our entire universe came. And they travel there by spaceship over many years. And when they finally get there, they discover the being who created everything that we know in our universe. And the scientist that journeys there suddenly realizes that this raises a more important question. And so in the movie, she asks the being, from where did you come? Who made you? And the being simply kills the scientist. In other words, unless you have a first cause, unless you have a starting point, you must resort to answers that really are not a final answer in and of themselves. In these examples, when the truth of God is denied, the alternate explanations are completely irrational, and they should not be believed by thinking people. If we're going to take important questions like the origin of life seriously, then we must ask better questions and arrive at better answers than simply aliens. Rather, the eternal God who's revealed himself makes far more sense of the question of the origin of the universe than does any other attempt to explain it. Well, thank you for listening. And in this episode, we've covered a second consequence of suppression of the truth. In the next episode, we'll talk about the third consequence of suppression of the truth. I hope that these podcasts are helping you gain more confidence to engage unbelievers with the gospel and that God opens up opportunities for them. My prayer is that you will be making active effort to reach out with the good news of the gospel as your confidence grows. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.